Welcome to the New to Crypto podcast, designed to guide you through the crypto landscape with pinpoint accuracy, created for the new and intermediate crypto investor. Join your host, Crypto Travels Michael, as he takes you through the different facets of getting started and succeeding in your crypto journey. New to Crypto podcast brings you new episodes daily, Monday through Friday, with surprise bonus episodes sometimes on the weekend. Let me ask you, are you new to crypto? Don't know where to start? Are you more experienced but have questions? Then you're in the right place. This podcast is designed for you. Coming at you from the Trading Center in the Lifestyle Design Studio, here's your host, Crypto Travels Michael. This episode is brought to you by DealFlow.io. Dealflow.io was created to connect intentional founders with intentional capital. If you are a project looking to raise capital or an investor or fund looking for vetted projects, visit dealflow.io to apply to work with us. Hey, welcome to today's podcast. Welcome to the show. Today's interview is definitely one you do not want to miss. Our guest is a general partner of M13. He manages the overall investing strategy for M13 with a large focus on investing in Web3. M13 has invested, by the way, in Lightning Labs, Steppen, and Milo. And our guest was previously the managing director at Virgin Group, where he, where he was basically investing in the Americas for them, including investments for brands like you probably heard of, Slack, Ring, Capsule, TransferWise, Virgin Galactic, and Virgin Orbit. He currently serves on the advisory board at the University of Michigan. Please do me a, a favor and welcome our guest, Mr. Latif Paracha, to the show. It's a pleasure to have you here. Thanks so much for having me. Great to be here. Hey, man, definitely. Could you just share a little bit about yourself before we dive in? Sure thing. So uh, I'm a general partner at M13. We are a early stage consumer technology fund, and we'll get into some of what we do, I think, a little bit later. But previously to this, uh, I was running investments at Virgin Group for nearly a decade, and that's really where I grew up um, as a professional and got to work on everything from uh, you know incubating and investing in Virgin brands like Virgin Galactic and, and Virgin Orbit, which are in the aerospace uh, industry, to starting to buy Bitcoin in 2014, to then leading wow. our venture strategy across a bunch of the portfolio companies that you just mentioned. And it was really during that time at Virgin that I realized while I was doing many really interesting things, it was uh, really my calling to go be a dedicated VC. And that led me uh, to M13. Other than that, I'm based in, um, based in New York uh, and have a beautiful wife, two young boys, and a, a diehard University of Michigan supporter, as you probably indicated in, in, the, in, the, in the bio. Fantastic. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, before we dive deeper into everything in M13 and some other topics, can you just share with our listeners maybe just an overview uh, for those that may not be familiar with M13? Yeah, so we are, a, as I mentioned, an early stage uh, consumer technology uh, venture capital fund. We are between Los Angeles and New York. We manage okay. around 900 million uh, of assets. And the focus of the firm is to understand the future of consumer behavior and invest in the enabling technologies that power that change. That is our broad mission. And then as we think about verticals, 
where we think about the future of money, the future of commerce, the future of health, and the future of work. Those are very broad by design. I focus a ton of my time on fintech and, and, and Web3, which is really kind of today in the future of money vertical. But we think over the next decade, um, it will permeate kind of all parts of the consumer economy. So just like we talk about, we don't talk about mobile today as like a theme, but back, you know, you probably remember 2010, 2011, 2012, you would invest in mobile as a, as a theme. And I think we talk yeah. about crypto and Web3 as a theme today, but I think if you fast forward similarly eight or 10 years, it will be, again, just part of everything that we that we look at and everything that we, that we invest in. Um, other than that, I can tell you we write initial checks between one and 15 million, so broad range. We typically lead rounds uh, in equity companies where we're taking 15% of the business and, and um, taking a board seat. And then when we invest in crypto networks, uh, as you know, it's a little, little different and the rounds are more syndicated and um, we are typically more flexible, but we look to take three, four, five percent of, uh, of the fully diluted network if we're looking at a, at a crypto network. Uh, we also have, uh, I think I mentioned, we've got two offices, one in Los Angeles and uh, we have one in New York. And we are very focused on not just being really good thematic investors, but also really being very hands-on with our portfolio. So we have a platform called Propulsion, and that is meant to really support our founders in really key areas. So we've brand, data, uh, marketing, and people and talent. And we've got world-class partners uh, that wake up every single day thinking about our companies. And that uh, doesn't matter if you're building a Web2 company or a Web3 company. Those fundamentals are really, really important as you're trying to scale a company. And so that's been a tremendous value add and something that gives okay. us, we think, a, a real edge when it comes to supporting our, our companies. Absolutely. No, I definitely agree. I, you touched on Web3. I wanted to ask you about your, your own personal history in Web3. Sure. Yeah. So uh, I mentioned we started buying Bitcoin at Virgin in 2014. But what's interesting is there yeah. wasn't any really financial thesis back then. There wasn't like the digital gold thought or... Yeah, L1s and L2s. It was very, very um, nascent at the time. And for us, it was a, actually a social experiment because we had this idea or the thing that blockchains represented to us was this these immutable records, which actually meant that if you own property in, um, in Syria, which actually at the time was going through quite a big civil war or in another um, non-democratic state, you could always have a record of that property uh, and that could never be taken away from you. And that was a really interesting idea that blockchains represented. And Bitcoin was a way to get like exposure yeah. to that idea. And that's why we made the yeah. investment. And then we woke up you know, a couple of years later and kind of looked at the looked at the ledger and said, well, how much is this thing worth, worth again? And so that was a, a good investment. And then went further down the rabbit hole and um, got into Ethereum okay. 16, 17. Oh, yeah. um, and actually, I think everyone, really? everyone has that moment where you realize that there's something pretty interesting here. And for me, I actually bought a ticket on a whim to this event called the Token Summit, which happened uh, at the, on NYU's campus in early 17. And I spent a day in this room with uh, some tremendously famous uh, people in crypto today. But at the time, uh, it was still all very nascent. And, and I walked out of that room really believing that there was something fundamentally, you know, important happening uh, in this market. 
and have been perpetually down that rabbit hole ever since. And here we are, 2022, um, really feel like there isn't yeah. much existential risk anymore to the market as there was back then. And now it's, you know, where is it going to yeah. go from here? Man, what a story. Thanks for sharing that. I know now, you know, now we're, we're, we're talking trillions for market cap, you know, of course, right now it's around one, but we've seen it higher than that, you know, to see the, to see the market grow from, from when you first, you know, got in or, or started buying Bitcoin in 14 to now. It's, I wanted to ask you, Latif, for our listeners, what would be the number one piece of advice that you would have for someone that might be, I don't know, maybe starting a firm like yours or maybe just trying to invest, you know, at at a, a little bit larger investment amount. You, you know, you've been in the industry a long time and you've you've played a part in many different investments, you know. So your wealth of of wisdom for for everyone watching. Yeah, I don't know about that. I'm I'm learning every single day and and trying to learn from, you know, mentors of mine, but what I would say related to the crypto market if you're new to the market, I think the the best thing to do, and I, I usually say this is not financial advice, but you you ask the question, so uh, <laughs> I'll answer it. Is um, I just buy Bitcoin and Ethereum. I think those are just tremendously, really, really good long term investments. Almost like you recommend someone buying, you know, just buy just buy the index, buy the S and P. I mean, I think. It's yeah. like that, but this has way more upside than than say you know buying buying an index. Um, and then what that does is it makes you pay attention. The moment yeah. you have a dollar into something, you just pay more attention than when you don't have a dollar into anything. Yeah. And so that's my first advice. Depending on you know how much your risk appetite is, you can you can figure out how to size it. But I think it's got tremendous upside. Um, the L ones I think are really really interesting. Um, they're public to everybody. But they still have what I think, you know, is still venture capital type of upside. So you're getting something that is got real, I think, good risk reward. And by the way, unlike venture capital, traditionally, there's liquidity. So at any point, you can go on and, and you know, there's Bitcoin, there's Ethereum. We are very bullish as a firm on Solana as a uh-huh. ecosystem. And you can go on, you or I or, you know, my mom or whoever can go on and yeah. – and, and buy it and hold it or sell it when you feel appropriate. And I think that's a very interesting feature of the market. Comes with some downsides, which is, you know, can kind of drive you crazy. It's 24-7 global market, a lot of volatility. But if you yeah. figure out how to manage that, I think it's a real yeah. Well said. Well said. I definitely like what you touched on. If you have a dollar in anything, you know, I mean, it's just that action step of moving forward. I'll tell you, I get asked all the time, especially when I'm out in dinners and stuff. People ask me, what's the best crypto to buy? And I always bounce back the tennis ball in, in the discussion. And I'm like, well, it depends on how long, you know, what's your strategy? You want to be in just for a moment? You know, you're looking for years, you, you know, you're looking for the long game, like a decade. So, but I, yeah, I really, I really yeah, agree with I, the Bitcoin in the, in the ETH. That's, that segues. I think one of the great. Go ahead. One of the great lessons of investing, you know, which relates to, you know, they didn't teach me this in, in, in business school that well, but I mean, just compounding is the most oh, powerful yeah. thing in investing, whether you're talking about you know, venture capital, your public portfolio, your, your, your liquid crypto portfolio, yeah. just having, if your time horizon is long enough and you're, in, you're investing in good things, they've got good tailwinds behind them. Yeah. 
you know, it'll, they will compound. And so that's, that's how I, how I definitely compounding is powerful. I want, I wanted to ask you about your thoughts on crypto VC versus say traditional VC, you know? Yeah. So, um, so for those that may not be familiar, traditional VC as a, as a industry is basically you, you raise money from, from LPs, which are our limited partners or investors, and they lock up that money for 10 years you invest if you're investing like in seed or Series A companies. Um, it's a very unique asset class in the sense that the mortality rate is very high. About a third of the companies go to zero. About a third of them you get your money back, and about a third of them, you you know you 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 make you know all the returns on on those companies, uh, which is this idea which is called the power law. But it's a very liquid market, and those exits you invest day one. It's like basically year seven is when you start to see that liquidity in those exits. And along the way, there's ups and downs. And you have, as I said, many of these things don't don't work out. And so that's just a very yeah. long cycle. But it is a oh, cycle yeah. that um, rewards people because, um, you know, the returns in, in venture, if you're in the best uh, funds, the returns are, are very, very good. You know, 35%, 40% IRR, you know, 5x plus uh, cash mm. on cash, and and that's 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 great. And you get the bad benefit of investing in a you know the the future advancements for for mankind. So people like being involved in, in technology investments. With crypto, it's just so different in the sense that first of all, first of all, the the rounds that get done are um, more syndicated. So there's more investors in any one round or network. Uh, mm. They typically are governed by a token, and that token becomes live the moment the network goes live. And so you have yeah. like all the ups and downs of a startup, but then you also have this token, which is part of the the story and and, and is and can be liquid, um, although there are lockups and everything else. And so you end up yeah. what you end up having is a is a um, an asset class that is extreme VC. Like crypto is extreme VC. The the, the liquidity cycles are, are shorter, about half as long. I think the, the upside potentially is much, much greater given you are investing in pre-launch of these, of these networks. Um, and the whole promise of Web3 is that if you have a token economy that is governed by one or two tokens that users and investors and management teams all participate in, those can be really, really powerful networks. And so... Um, oh, yeah. So, so the, the upside is pretty, pretty great in, in this market. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks for unpacking that for, for our listeners. I, you know, there's another topic I wanted to ask you. I know you have a lot of expertise in like macro en environments and, and, and the crypto cycles for that matter. Do you have any thoughts on this topic? Yeah, so it's interesting. If you look at, um, you mentioned trillion dollar asset class and it was three, mm -hmm. but guess what? Like, Five or six years ago, it was not even a hundred billion, maybe around that. I mean, it, this asset mm -hmm. class started a little over a decade ago with the Bitcoin white paper, but it wasn't mm -hmm. until like sixteen that there was any activity really. Um, sixteen, yeah. seventeen, when Ethereum became, you know, this second big chain after after Bitcoin, and so you've got a trillion dollar asset class that's basically come to being in the last five years. And I think if you are Anyone who pays attention to markets, or anyone who's, you know, curious and, and, and as an investor or even a builder of companies, you have to be uh -huh. looking at this market. It's really, really important. And so, yeah. 
there was a lot of risk in 1718, but I think a lot of that risk has gone away because institutional money is coming to the market. Every major endowment and pension fund is looking at crypto. All the talents come to the market and not a whole lot of it's leaving, you know, this time yeah. around. And we're finally seeing like applications, whether it's DeFi or NFTs, we're finally seeing applications that um, are here. Still small, uh-huh. still a lot of issues that got to get worked out to get to mass adoption. But the applications are, are on their way. And as a consumer technology uh, investor, we like that because we feel like, you know, the the the, the returns are coming up the stack and the, the investments are going yeah. up the stack. And that's that's really, really cool to, to see. And we're, we're, we're kind of on that on that journey with everybody else. Absolutely. And, and also a payment system. You know, the, the the instant finality, some of the blockchains, it's, you know, I mean, I, I know Bitcoin was Gen 1, so to speak, you know, but the payment systems that you can use p- uh, crypto for payment in the global companies, they're now accepting it. You know, it's it's not just uh, investing or holding or hodling. You can actually purchase and, li- you know, for your lifestyle, like Travala.com. You want to travel, you can pay dozens of cryptos you can choose from. You know, yeah. you buy cars now. I have a friend that just, you know, bought an SUV in Canada. <laughs> you know, he just pulled out his phone and sent the Bitcoin to the owner, <laughs> you know. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's interesting. That's happening more and more. I personally am not like a huge. I wouldn't do that because I think that holding the Bitcoin right. is just more valuable. Yeah. But I see why if you've got excess, excess, you know, crypto, why you may uh, use that as a um, as a mechanism for for uh, transacting. And we're in this company called Lightning Labs, which uh, you had mentioned uh-huh. in, in the beginning. And that is a really interesting uh, infrastructure uh, company above the Bitcoin protocol, one of the original, probably the original L2. And we're a pretty big shareholder in that, in that company. And that's a really, really fascinating business because it allows, um, it allows users across the world to interact and send Bitcoin uh, and now they've just released a product that called, called Taro, which allows you to send not just Bitcoin, but non-Bitcoin assets, whether that's stable coins or even fiat uh-huh. across the world instantly for fractions of a penny. And yeah. that, that um, it, with no intermediary. So that yeah. is a pretty amazing uh, advancement in, in technology. And we're really excited to see all the applications from the developers that are building on top of the lightning network right now. I, I love that, you know, borderless, you can, you can send, you know, funds around the world in, you know, in real time for, like you said, a fraction of the cost and speed, you know. Dealflow.io was created to connect intentional founders with intentional capital. If you are a project looking to raise capital or an investor or fund looking for vetted projects, then visit dealflow.io to apply to work with us. We are industry agnostic and have a team of qualified connectors who have worked for funds in various industries, including blockchain, real estate, and tech. Our team is here to help complete your raise or connect you with the right opportunity. The application only takes three minutes. Visit dealflow.io to get started. I uh, yeah. I wanted to bring up uh, the incentive economy because I know M13 has different investments in this area and I wanted to get your input, you know? Yeah, so the incentive economy um, is uh, our f- sort of moniker for these token networks. And we're my original excitement around um, 
around Web3 and crypto was around this idea of alignment of users and investors and teams. And we actually put out a paper last year called Crypto and the Consumer, which I recently reread kind of a little bit scared that it was going to feel very dated because you write something in crypto a year later, you will look kind of silly, yeah. potentially based on how fast the market moves. And for the most part, that's true. I think the paper held up. And <laughs> we talked about Twitter, and I know Twitter is a very popular topic these days, given what's happening uh, with, um, you know, with, with the uh, go private with Elon. Yeah. But the reality is Twitter, to me, was the best example of what, imagine if this was a Web3 network, and imagine if instead of having um, you know, an advertising model or even a, a subscription model, which is what they're thinking about now, imagine if you just had a network that was governed by a token and if you were an active consumer, participant, uh, you, know, follow, you, you had very popular tweets, there was a way to uh, incentivize you and, and reward you with a, native, with a native Twitter token. And that would be a way to, if you think about network effects and you think about people coming to a community, if you actually governed it through a single token, it would it would generate an even more powerful network. Absolutely. Like to me, Twitter at a forty billion dollar market cap yeah. is actually incredibly cheap given the amount of information and power that like sits in that in that network. I mean, you you work in crypto, yeah, like. Yeah. Crypto lives on Twitter yes. and you know lives in Telegram basically yes. a little bit in Discord. That's and it. You so just, <laughs> if the crypto economy is worth a trillion, yeah, and a lot of it's governed in this one network, well, how is that? And there's other stuff that happens in that network. How is that network only worth forty billion? So anyhow, all to say that was what got me excited by this idea of like governing networks through tokens. And now we're finally seeing this happen, although it's imperfect. We are investors in a company called Stepin, S-T-E-P-N, which is based in Australia. And it's this fitness application that you, you know required you to buy an NFT. Um, it's a built on Solana. And then it would incentivize you to get healthy through outdoor activities. And this was a, you know, this was a com- completely transformational application that is one of the biggest uh, Web3 apps it had. 4 million monthly actives, a million daily actives this year. And it's still doing well, although it's lost a little bit of esteem. Okay. And the reason why mm-hmm. I think it's lost a little bit of esteem and we love the company and we think it's going to go to great heights is because um, the token designs are not yet totally figured out. Okay. And so I, I look at Web3 and these tokens basically represent an incentive to get people into a network. Now we got to figure out how do you re- how, how do you retain a user in this network? Yes. Um, and that's still that's still a work in progress, and we're really excited to continue to invest in great teams like the one behind Stepin that are working on interesting token designs for uh, for networks. Fantastic! Yeah, we we're we look to see what what the future comes from Stepin. You know, I wanted to ask you about onboarding people into crypto and the future of NFTs. You know, wh- one of the reasons why I started the show was was actually to help people navigate once they're onboarded into crypto, because it's not the easiest thing to navigate for a non-techie person, you know? Yeah, sure. So here's a kind of ironic thing about this market. It is so advanced technically. The people that are in it are, you know, generally very, very technical, software first, engineering first. The reality is it is in many ways very archaic. Like you can really only do it from your computer, 
doesn't really work on mobile. I mean, you have a Coinbase app, or but like there isn't a whole lot of crypto activity on your mobile device, and that is like a really big fundamental problem because most of the world doesn't sit in front of a computer. In fact, if you look at mobile penetration globally, if you look at uh, you know a lot of the activity in Africa, just completely skipped the desktop and went straight to mobile. And so I think mm -hmm. until we figure out how to better do mobile, including discovery, including usability, um, there's going to be a fundamental issue with um, with onboarding of like a billion users into the into the market. Today, I think there's yeah. probably I think there's 45 million. Let's just talk about America for a second. There's about 45 million Americans which own Bitcoin, which is a pretty good number. But if you look at applications like NFTs, which we could talk about in a second. There's really only five to ten million globally, so it's still very, very small. So, um, so yeah. I think mobile's got to get worked out, and the, one of the reasons why it hasn't okay. is because uh, Apple and Google are these gatekeepers, and they make it very hard to um, work outside of their app stores. And um, if you're building a crypto app, you don't want to pay 30 percent of it to to Apple or Google. That kind of defeats the whole purpose of these these decentralized networks. Yeah. And so that, that, that needs to get worked out. We got a couple ideas on how to do that. Maybe I think there needs to be okay. a new version of what is a mobile optimized website. So people don't, ha don't have to go to downloading apps and just getting users to kind of understand that behavior, but it needs to be a bit of an evolution and how you, how you design those. I think that could be, you know, really interesting. Okay. Um, so, so that's an area we're focused on is like, who's building really great, mobile experiences in, in crypto because that's that's a big uh, that's a big gating item absolutely so let's talk about adoption for a moment and how do you see adoption playing out in the future in like 2023 beyond in 24 etc yeah so um i think 23 is going to be fairly i don't fairly dormant i would say from a growth standpoint um you know if you look at if okay. you look at the exchange volumes they're way down and that's not surprising in a bear market people that hold crypto are just holding uh liquidities down so uh whether you're you know coinbase or binance or crypto.com all those exchanges you know have, have had serious uh, drawbacks in their in their volumes so i don't anticipate 23 to be a year where you're going to see tremendous growth in activity, you will probably see wall, you know increase in, in Ethereum and Solana wallets, but I think it will probably be in 24 where you see um, the market come back, and that's me, you know, really just making a guess because what I'm pretty convinced about is until interest rates come down, until geopolitics and a bunch of other macro stuff work themselves out. Crypto market isn't going to magically just have a resurgence while the rest of the market is um, down. And in fact, it it's down. quite the opposite. Yeah. What's interesting is crypto market has had its cycles, the multiple cycles of you know the bear, bear and, and bull markets, but the macro has been one bull market the whole time. And so this is the first time crypto has actually had to face a bear market in the broader economy. And so that to me tells me mm. probably a longer downturn, but when it comes back, I think it will be um, explosive. I think it'll be in 24. And I do think it will be led by um, uh, an evolution of NFTs. And NFTs, even the term, I think, probably needs to go away at some point because all it, all it means is okay. like you're, 
you know, you're, you're, you're buying something that you've got proof uh, that you own on chain. And if you sell it, there's certain things that, that go to the, yeah. to the, you know, to the, to the buyer. And so, um, I think at some point here, the next two, three, four years, we're going to stop talking about uh, web two or web three, because, you know, consumers don't care. Yeah. They just want to have good experiences. And so to me, you got to kind of obfuscate yeah. the technology side of it and just, make the experiences, you know, much better. But I do think it will come broadly in, you know, NFTs. Okay. What, what are your thoughts on Solana? Big fan. Um, big fan of Solana. And we don't, we don't here. make these judgments in a bubble, like sitting and, and reading about it. I mean, the reality is we, uh, we invested in Stepin. We've invested in a couple other companies around the Solana ecosystem, ecosystem that are built on mm -hmm. Solana. And so for us, if you can invest mm -hmm. in something interesting and you're like, oh, wow, this is what's going on here. How are these guys built? What are they built on? And you realize yeah. that Solana is the fastest and by far the cheapest layer one. It provides yeah. real advantages to any builder building on top of it. Now, they've had their own performance issues. They've had some outages, but they come back very quickly and they will solve that, I think, in, yeah. in time with just kind of typical growing pains. But the 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 L one itself is in incredibly unique from the value proposition to a builder, and we're investors in a company called um, Flipside Crypto, which is analytics, basically an analytics company for for blockchains, and they incentivize developers to come build in these various blockchains uh, by giving them like a bounty. So a bounty that that Solana, for example, is a customer, and so Solana, um, you know, will provide flip side with a grant that says if you bring developers in you can grant them these these Solana tokens for interesting applications they're, okay. they're building so we see some of these things that are happening and you know despite the fact that markets down you know Solana's went from 220 to probably 30 bucks right now so sauce whatever 80 85 percent of its value the developer activity has remained incredibly strong in fact i feel pretty bad yeah. right now because i'm sitting here in the states and there's an amazing conference happening in portugal <laughs> right now around Solana, and i should be there but i'm not and and i know that's going to be a very vibrant you know week in portugal so it's a global amazing community and we think you know you've got bitcoin you've got ethereum we feel pretty pretty good that solana will have enduring value and be one of the real chains that will sit alongside the other two Absolutely. No, I, I definitely uh, got to agree. And I wish I was there with you in Portugal, you know, eu falar yeah. português. <laughs> so, well, you're in Mexico City right now, so I know you're you're on the move, so hopefully you staying staying busy. Well, we'll go next year. Absolutely. We'll go next year. Absolutely. So, what's the best way for our listeners to reach out to you and your team to stay in the conversation and, you know, follow you guys online, that kind of thing? Yeah, so my Twitter, I, I will admit, I'm probably, I actually am pretty active on consuming content, but I am not a, you know, massive pontificator on, on the network, but you can certainly find me at, at Latif Paracha. And then if you go to m13.co, which is our website, there's um, a ton of information on our firm. Okay. You can search by Web3. You can see our whole portfolio. We've made about, you know, 20 investments in um companies all over the world, okay. Australia, Shanghai, uh, clearly here in the U.S., and we will look to be very, very active uh, as this consumer infrastructure layer gets built out, and hopefully we get to, to those um, amazing applications in the next few years. And I'll leave you potentially with, with, with something, which is 
I, I strongly believe that, you know, we had Uber and Airbnb and all these networks that came out of the last, um, you know, global financial crisis and, and downturn. They are like the big brands that we all know and love and have come, come around yeah. in the last 10 years. It's my view that in this next cycle in crypto, we will, the next generational brands will be Web3 crypto networks and they'll be global and they'll be way more powerful because they'll be built around a token design versus, um, you know, much more archaic business model that is what Airbnb, which is, by the way, an amazing company, yep. Uber, but that was built on a very legacy kind of business model. Yeah. And so that's my that's my prediction, and it's our job to, you know, be be there uh, to find hopefully those those companies. Fantastic. So if you're building, if anyone out there is building one of those, please <laughs> please reach out. Definitely, Latif. Is there is there anything else you'd like to share? With our audience, no. I, I, well, I would just say, um, you know, be optimistic. It's it's easy to be pessimistic right now, uh, given what's happening. You know, macro, what's happening in crypto, what's happening, you know, geopolitically around the world. So, I would just say, I know you've got listeners of what 129 countries or something. So, um, almost 170 now. 170. Yeah. I'm off. I'm off by 50 there. So. Just be you know optimistic and um, continue to pay attention to this market. It's easy to forget about it when all the headlines go away, but this is the time when um, you know the builders are going to be building. And uh, if you're interested in investing in the market, um, you know this is also uh, a time when you know, uh, prices are certainly more attractive than they were. Although I will again make a disclaimer that <laughs> this is not financial advice. Um, Absolutely. So stay stay positive, and uh, and we'll see you in the in the next upcycle of the market. Well said. Thanks for coming out and being on the show. We welcome you back anytime. Thanks so much. Hey, if you like today's episode, definitely like and subscribe to the podcast. Show your support and chime in here tomorrow for another special episode. Until then, make it a great day. Thanks for tuning in to New to Crypto Podcast. If you like the episode, be sure to follow and subscribe. You can listen to every episode on all major platforms. Have an interest in being on the show or want advertising? Reach out at newtocrypto.io. Head over to our site, newtocrypto.io, to access the resources mentioned in each episode. Until next time, remember to navigate the crypto landscape with pinpoint accuracy.